going to talk about The Handmaid's Tale and I don't know for you but for me it was just the greatest reading experience of the summer. Yeah it's one of my favorite book of all time definitely. Yeah so quickly about the uh, the story so the context is um, end of the 20th century in North America and the president has been assassinated and after that the constitution was suspended. And so a sect of Christian fundamentalists take over what used to be uh, known as the USA. And the liberal society that it used to be is now defunct. And what people are allowed to do is strictly framed by a number of laws in a new regime that is called Gilead. Mm -hmm. And the primary concern of this sexist totalitarian regime is reproduction. Because fertility rates have considerably sunk in the population, in part due to ecological damages. And the story is told from the point of view of a woman who is called Alfred. And she used to live with a man named Luke and together they have a daughter. And Alfred has absolutely no idea what's happened to Luke or their daughter. Um, She's a handmaid and we follow her account of what she experienced in Gilead. Such a... It's such an impactful and, yeah, amazing book. So um, there's so many things to say about this book. But yeah. we're going to try and keep it too Not too out. long. Yeah, not too <laughs> long. Um, I've been studying this book for the last four years now with my students. And oh, yeah. every time I start this unit again, I learn new things about the book and mm. how amazing it really is. Yeah, I've got a question. Yeah. Um. Do you have any idea of what topics your students are most interested in? Yeah, they're definitely more interested in the whole women's right yeah. aspect and the which is one of the main themes mm. of uh the book gender roles and uh reproductive rights. Mm-hmm. Because as you said, uh, Gilead is a totalitarian state where women are at the very bottom of the hierarchy they basically mm. have no rights um mm. anymore and they are here to make children mm. uh, some of them because the the society is divided into roles yeah so men are at the very top uh we have the commanders who are the ones who created this uh society we have some of the commanders who were present and, and who did the coup uh, who they were the one who thought mm-hmm. uh, this whole society, mm-hmm. and then we have their wives who you think have power, but they don't. Yeah, actually, not at all. And no. that's what's striking about this is that in these hierarchies, in the category of women, there are several um, yep. steps, several, uh, several, um, um, yeah, several categories, but. Even, <laughs> yeah, even the, the top, the top of yeah. the women is under yeah. the other like lower women ranks, men so ranks. The like you said, the society has many rules, and even the men can't do what they want. Mm. But women, they can't read, mm. they can't work, they have no money, they are completely dependent on their husband on yeah. what they can and they can't yeah. do. They don't choose. They don't choose who they marry. Mm. 
and um, because there is um, because fertility is at an all time uh, low, they uh, pass rule or law uh, where some women who were fertile um, became handmaids for mm. uh, higher up families who co who can't have children. And so these women are raped once a month by the commander yeah. and uh, in order to get pregnant and then give their baby to the family and mm. to the wife mm. to raise. So, yeah, it's an awesome society. Yeah, God, yeah. Yes, that's... Um, but that's also very clever, the way um, these gendered roles are, I would say, studied. Mm -hmm. Because um, you could say that having babies is one of the powers that women have yeah. but then in that society they've managed to turn this into a way of um, enslaving the women yeah. yeah definitely and if you can't have a baby you become what they call an unwoman mm. and you are sent to the colonies which i think we can say refers to death camps because there are it's not really explicitly told, but there are some part of the U.S. that probably, um, well, a nuclear bomb probably went off, and they are they're very uh, radioactive, mm -hmm. and that's where uh, all the colonies, and that's where women, so women who can't have children at all or who disobeyed, uh, feminist. Mm -hmm. uh, we have um, Alfred's mother, mm -hmm. who was an, a very active yeah. feminist. Mm -hmm. Um, during her, not her youth, because she was still when she had Alfred, but who we know was sent to the colonies. So yeah, women. So women don't have any rights, but men are also very controlled. Even if they have, well, you would think that they are really controlled, and the working men are. But if you are a commander, it's more do as I as I say. Not as I do, because we see in the book that they have many ways to just yeah. go around the rules. And yeah. They have no problem cheating on their wives. Uh, they created this brothel mm. where they can uh, go and have sex wherever they want. Yes, uh, that's even something that the commander... Yeah. Yeah, uh, he brings Alfred yeah. to yeah. this place. So it's, it's almost like he's proud of it yeah. uh, to show her that. Yeah. That, oh, look, I'm not this, I'm not as rigid as all the other commanders. I'm bringing you there, mm. like almost on a very creepy mm -hmm. date. Mm. So, yeah. Another theme uh, that is very present is religion. Because uh, Gilead society is based on religion, but the fundamentalist yeah. interpretation of uh, Christian religion that has nothing to do really with what yeah. religion is, Christian religion is. And they use it as a way to have power over other yeah. other people, men, and has a way to justify as Absolutely. well everything that they do, yeah. all the horrible things they, that they, they do. They interpret interpret the texts yeah. to their own advantage, and that's the way they they try to maintain their the, the new order that they've established. So, yeah, yeah. And another theme that really strikes me and that has had a huge impact on my reading on my reading is the loss of identity mm. 
the way that those women, especially the handmaids, but pretty much everyone, yeah. but the handmaids are the most uh, imp- are the most impacted in this. Mm. Like they have no name because we say that uh, the main character is called Offred, but that's not her name. No. Um, the handmaids and we actually take never understand who her name. Yeah. No, we don't actually. We don't was. know her name. At the end, you can kind of guess it at one point, uh, but you never really mm. know if it's her name or not. So what they do is they uh, get the name of their commander and then they put the um, prefix of, mm. so like they belong to their commanders. Um, they can't dress any way they want. So Yes, the all the women have a, a yeah, particular dress color. code. Yeah. Mm. So the handmaids, they wear this um, red robe the uh, red uh, dresses that go from the high neck to to the ankles with um there were wings what they call wings uh, on their head so even their vision is restricted yeah. like they can't they they can't see um on the side I don't know if you can say that. And it's really weird because that's that's what you do to horses to make sure that they are oh, not yeah. going to bolt uh, and make sure that they are not going to be frightened yeah. by things on the side when you use the horses for a carriage, for example. Mm. So, oh, yeah, that's yeah. another proof that yeah. um, women are really treated like just animals. Yeah. And because... Um, so in this world, the handmaids, they go shopping for the household and they go in pairs, but they can't really talk because they can't, s- like, if you, you can't really see each other. Yeah, you can't, you can't really communicate because yeah. you can't yeah. see the, the face yeah. and how the other person reacts. And also the fact that you don't know who the op- other person is. Yeah. And you have doubts about whether or not this person is going to betray you. Yeah. That's one of the, um, the atmosphere in this book is dark because of the world, mm. but within the world it's like you said everyone is suspicious of yeah. everyone because you have uh, what is called the eyes mm. um short for eyes of god who are basically the spies of gilead and they can be anyone and so you are suspicious of so you can't make friends the handmaids but even the marthas um they are friends within the group yeah. but the handmaids are really in that it, it really struck me that they are so alone in this world because you can't sympathize with the other handmaids because right. it's very frowned upon and you are so suspicious of the others yeah. and they don't even develop a kind of bond with the Marthas who are in the household with them because they don't like them no yeah they are very we talked about that um when we talk about the book together they are completely ostracized yeah. in the house yeah. it's true that um the space really also yeah. shows how much the handmaids the handmaids are isolated mm. um because they are allowed to go out of the house because they they go shopping and they're yeah. the ones who bring back the food mm-hmm. that the marthas are going to cook yeah uh so when you compare them to the marthas it seems that they are sort of less restricted in their yeah. movements but then that also makes them um not really likable to the marthas because yeah um they are potentially the ones who by not managing to bear a child are going to i don't know make uh, the life of the household more difficult yeah. or shameful or yeah and we have there is the there is a discussion in the book between the two marthas in uh, Alfred's house uh, household where one of them is like oh her job is so easy i only wish that i could 
do it if and the other one was like oh no that's so i wouldn't i would prefer to go to the colonies uh than be a handmaid so um, even the opinions like they are not the worst but they are the victims of this everyone is kind of a victim of this uh society but the handmaids they're the one who have in my opinion have it the worst and there's no pity for them or there's no that's right that's that what that's what can be surprising because you could think that women would have stuck together and yeah. have understood that the best way would be to make sure that um, they take care of each other but that's one of the um, successes of those men who devised uh, Gilead is that they managed to make sure that no one would be uh, looking after anyone yeah so even the women are divided and that w that's what is uh, also terrible and um, that is also what um, um, I would say what the, the the reflection on the loss of women's rights yeah. is yeah. about is that yeah. it was by sticking together that yeah. generation of women had managed yeah. to get more rights mm -hmm. yeah. they had to fight for long and mm. they had to fight hard but in, in the end they managed yeah and well <laughs> when you see how almost easy it was yeah you just had to make sure that the women would not uh stick together anymore and that's just it yeah that's one of the things that surprised me because you would think if something hap like this happened like you have a coup uh like the president is killed you would th and you have this society that is becoming more and more restrictive and you would think that people would riot mm. and in the book it's not the case at all no. like you it's almost people almost because so after the coup they say okay we're gonna suspend the constitution because it's um urgent uh, urgent um rule that um is starting because we don't have a government anymore and then they start getting more restrictive with the rights of the citizens and everyone is like oh okay well uh, at least we feel safe yeah and and then women get get um their bank their bank accounts shut and they're not happy there's some um protest in the street but it's very mild and even uh, there's a scene in the book where even luke uh is oh that's bad but don't worry i'm going to take care of you so It's an interesting reaction. And then women lose their jobs. And it's progressive, but it happens almost naturally yeah. without it's, any it's as protest. If That's so scary. It's as if this society was ripe for the end yeah. of yeah. a liberal society. Yeah. yeah. It, because, as you said, <laughs> it's gradual, but everything is slowly, but slow but sure, um, uh, put in, in place, in fact yeah and so <laughs> yes that's as you said interesting but that's one yeah. of the of the great aspects of this novel is that you're never told what the solution should have been no you're never told what the causes yeah. are you're yeah. left with the facts and you're left to think about it yeah and that's one of the aspects that i really love yeah. about this yeah i would like to talk a bit about um the characters mm, yeah now Let's start with Offred. So she's a very interesting character because she... So she's a handmaid. 
And so we follow her life, um, which is very monotonous. She has a routine and and I feel it's part of how they control them, that nothing is happening. She has a very, she goes shopping and then she comes back and she waits in her room. And she's a very, what we would call passive in her life. She's not, she doesn't want to resist. She wants to survive. And she will do anything to survive. And I really like that in this character because I kind of identified with her because God forbid anything like this would ever happen in our modern society. But it makes you think that would you have the courage to be like of Glenn and start, not start a resistance, but be part of the resistance and risk your life. Like in World War II with um, the resistance. Or would you just try to survive and... So that's a very interesting. I, I like that she chose an ordinary mm. um, character as as the hero, yeah. not somebody who's going to try and be heroic yeah. and do some actions to overthrow the yeah, government. Or even if we are not, you know, we are not really sure of what um, Alfred decides to do or not. Because mm. I don't want to spoil too much, but at the end, we understand that she's not complying with Gilead. no but to what extent it's not true yeah. it's not clear yeah i think she's first of all trying to survive and then if she can do but she's not somebody she's human you know often in those kind of books you have oh story or movies like the hero is you know yeah i don't know how to yeah, say it's that quite clear cut for the hero what path he or yeah. she has to take and yeah, you just have to be heroic and yeah. just resist, risk your, yeah. risk your life. Um, yeah, but that's what it is really thought provoking is that mm. if we were in that kind of situation, uh, <laughs> what path would we choose? Yeah, and it's really interesting that she chose to portray a mundane life and not um, life at the top of uh, the Gilead uh, government or uh, we didn't we don't follow somebody who is part of the resistance we're just following the day-to-day life of a totalitarian regime and what's happening for the 90 90 percent of the population so i found that was very interesting and very impactful that you see and how people just go on with their lives like okay now this is our life and we have to do yeah. what we have to but do but here again i think it's not just a reflection on uh, women's condition but also more light largely on what it what it is to be human mm. as you said because there is that um urge to stay alive yeah but we are also um beings who have brains mm. yeah. and for whom thinking is just part of life and that's what of the that's one of the things that she says um in the book uh this narrator Alfred is that thinking can be something that impedes your survival so you have to yeah. stop thinking otherwise you could go crazy or you could decide to resist and then get killed in the end so yes that's another aspect of what it means to live under a totalitarian yeah. regime and unfortunately, in the course of history, there have been a number of these yeah. regimes. Yeah. And yeah, 
that's also one of the things that yes that's one of these other thought-provoking themes yeah. in this novel another interesting character is commander fred yeah interesting so the <laughs> yeah, word, yeah. yeah in a bad way um is i think you can i understood that he was quite higher up yeah although yeah i'm not sure i remember what his role was i think it's not really said but when you read the historical um notes at the very end with those they are part of the novel yes because a lot of my students forget to read them but you, you won't understand the whole novel if you don't read them um i think it is said that he was probably um there at the beginning and he was probably one of the people who thought of the whole thing but we don't have his point of view, so we only see him through uh, Alfred's eyes. But it's like, so he has a handmaid, but he doesn't really follow the rules of, okay, the handmaids are supposed to be completely separate from the commanders. They only see them once a month when they rapes them. He rapes them. But he needs, it, lo it looks like he needs to believe that they are in a relationship. Yeah. Which is so disturbing. It's like, I don't know if it's to excuse his actions or he, or if he's completely delusional and he thinks... Or he wants to get it all. Yeah, probably, maybe too. Because, so, um, he invites Alfred at night. So he's risking her and not himself. Mm. You know that nothing, if they are caught, nothing's going to happen mm. to him. But we know that she's probably, she could be killed because of this. And they play Scrabbles and then he brings her to... This wonderful place that is Jezebel's, where women are again objectified and enslaved mm. in a in another terrible way. But yeah, it you can't really understand if he is just going with the motions of what the world is. Does he really agree with what's happening? But again, it was probably part of the whole thing from the beginning. So can't really have a read on him. I'm not sure either how to understand this character. However. <laughs> I tend to be rather critical of that kind of person, if we can consider a character a person anyway. Yeah. Because um, you can't be the one to decide on a new totalitarian regime yeah. without accepting the limits yeah. of this regime. So to me, it's just that he's one of these hypocrites. Mm, definitely they're all, they're all, it's so infuriating that part of the book where they impose all of those rules but they don't follow them yeah. themselves mm. so yeah because again they're the one who made the rules but they don't suffer from it exactly. if they don't want to mm. so yeah and then we have Serena Joy oh yeah what that name. woman <laughs> I hate her so much might be because I've watched a TV show as well and she's just something in the TV show. But we learned that she, before Gilead, she was an anti-feminist uh, person who believed that women should be at home, cooking and raising babies, even though she wasn't at home, cooking and raising yeah, babies. That's right. She was out in the world uh, doing all those conferences, saying that women should stay at home. So what a hypocrite. And she's awful to Alfred, which... I mean, it's not Alfred's fault, of course, but like the position of the wives in this society where they have to accept that another woman is going to, I don't know, everything is so 
creepy and disgusting yeah. in, in this world. But yeah, she's she's an old woman. Uh, it's interesting because in the in the TV show she's almost um, Alfred's age. Uh-huh. So I thought that was an interesting change. But yeah, what did you think of her? <sighs> Again, it's not really easy to have an opinion on that character because um, it seems that she willingly accepted this new regime at least the ideas because she had the same ideas before the regime was established however I guess she can also be considered as a victim because Mm. um, I don't think she she would have imagined that this regime would go as far as Mm. preventing her from being the only woman in the life of his yeah. of her husband yeah and it's kind of like be careful what you wish for and she probably thought because you would think that gilead is like perfect world for her where women are staying at home but i think she probably imagined that she would not be this woman Maybe. i don't know if you understand what i you know like i preach this but i'm gonna continue yeah preach, you know and she looks she seems so bored of this life to me and yes, that's actually what she seems to be condemned to, boredom. Yeah. And that seems to be the fate of both the wives and yeah. the handmaids yeah. is yeah. that. Um, yes, they have nothing in their lives except yeah. for the wives being happy when other women are going to have a kid yeah. in the family. Yeah. So, yes, maybe in some way the wives can be considered as the victims of the men. Yeah, because even if they are at the top of the female hierarchy, mm. well, <laughs> there's yeah. not much in their lives. No, um, especially as most of them can't have children. Yeah. So even in their own view of the world, they do not fit because no. they can't have what women are supposed yeah. to have, that is babies. So yes, that's... Ha. Another uh, another theme in that novel yeah. where you're left about things to think about. Yeah. And one of the mind-blowing aspects of this book is that everything in it happened in the world at one point. Not everything at once, but every awful thing. So the um, uh, ch- uh, kidnapping of children... Um, the f- the um, the fact that you can't wear what you want, um, everything with abortion, everything happened. So she, there's nothing she invented in this book, and that's so scary and interesting. Mm. Because yeah, it's because usually you in a dystopia you take something and then you blow it up to blow it up to the max and all the awful things that could happen and like, if you look at 1984 mm. there's a lot of things that he invented mm. but not in this book yeah. there's no because there's no it's not based on some new technology yeah, or anything right. it's just everyday life but everyday life the context that we already yeah. know even when uh, yeah. she published the book everything was there yeah. um the environmental issues yeah. nuclear 
power, yeah. uh, totalitarian regimes, yeah. um, making sure women's rights are respected. Yeah. So yes, everything was there. She just, yeah. um, I guess, thought about how everything could go wrong. Yeah. What What is interesting is that this book kind of feel relevant today. Oh, it does definitely. Like it addresses contemporary concerns, and I realized that um, a few day, uh, a couple of weeks ago, that when she wrote the books. Um, which is um, set in the US, women had more reproductive rights than today. That's right. So uh, the book was published, what? In 1985. 85, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> That's so so it's so scary to think. And I think a lot of, some people think that like she kind of, is she predicting the future? Like a lot of things, there's a lot of parallel that you can, you can draw some parallel on what's happening Definitely. in some countries today yes. and what she said, especially about uh, reproductive rights mm. for women. What I really love about this book is that I think it's a big warning uh, about the fact that when you have managed to secure rights, don't think that it's yeah. going to be easy keeping yeah. them. Yeah. Um and that's true of women's rights, but that's also true of democracy. Yeah. A liberal society yeah. where people are allowed to live as they want according mm. to what their identity is, yeah. what plans they have for themselves and so on. And um I think that I consider this that I consider this novel as a masterpiece because there are so many things to think about. That's all really relevant. They were relevant 40 years ago. Yeah. They're really relevant now. Yeah. Um, and so I, I don't think that this is a novel that is going to really age. No. And yeah, it's, it's, a, it's one of those novels that when you finish it, you keep thinking about it over and over again. And I read it first four years ago now. And well, I'm studying it every year, but... It's always at the back of my mind. Like mm. uh, when you watch the news and stuff that that are happening today, yeah, it's it's like you said, it's truly a masterpiece, and its legacy is is gonna be lasting, long lasting. Mm. I think Mm-mm. absolutely. Um, so we we had some questions, yes, from uh, people on on Instagram. It's something that really we we would like to do. Um, chatting with people about the books yeah, that uh, we read and discuss on the podcast so one of the questions do you have them here yep so one of the question was from um catherine at uh, over at books tea things uh, so thank you catherine for the question so she asked us did you did we watch the series and how did it impact our reading experience okay i'm going to start with this one so i tried watching <laughs> Uh, I guess I watched the first 20 minutes and then I stopped okay. because, oh God. Yeah, <laughs> um, I understand. It was rough far too hard watching yeah. for me. I know it's just an atmosphere that is established. Mm. There's nothing the, gory at the beginning. but No, oh yeah, at the beginning. Uh, it was already too much for me. Yeah, <laughs> you know, these corpses that you see mm. hanging, yeah. I think that's where I stopped. Yeah. So I actually watched the first season before I read the book. I think probably the first two seasons before I, I read the book. I thought 
I think the series, at least the first two seasons, I think they are absolutely amazing. I think the way the show is done is brilliant. I think it went way further than the book in terms of um, horrific things happening. Mm -hmm. um, I think the first season was quite um, truthful to the book. They changed a few things, but I thought as a whole... It was quite, um, it was quite good. So it didn't really impact my reading experience, except that I really wanted to read the book mm -hmm. after watching the series. Mm -hmm. So I did. I was a first uh, watcher of the series before. Yeah, it had a huge impact on my reading experience because, yeah, you didn't want I to. I didn't read want to read the book <laughs> at all. <laughs> and so it's because you wanted to discuss the book yes. with me, yes. and that you loved it so much that yeah. you suggested a buddy read uh, for last uh, summer. Yeah. We eventually got rid of the buddy read schedule yeah. because I just couldn't keep yeah. uh, from reading. So, yeah. Thank you very much for this. <laughs> You're because welcome. Otherwise, I think I would never have taken it yeah. up. Yeah. I'm so happy that you liked it. I was so scared that I was going to traumatize you. <laughs> no, I, I think it's actually book. in my top 100 books now. Yeah. Maybe. I don't have a top 100 book list, yeah. but I'm working on it. There's, it's actually, there's though there are those... You know, like the map that you can buy and we, you scratch the country every time you visit it. Uh -huh. There's something like that with uh, 100 books ah. uh, that you need to read in your life and The Handmaid's Tale is uh, in Yeah, I think I'm going to yeah. build my own list. Yeah. Mm. So we had another question uh, by Holly at uh, What Holly Reads. And she asked us, she asked us uh, did, we, did the book change our perspective on anything? Huh, that's a very good question. Thanks, Holly. Um... I think that what it made me made me really conscious about is that and we've already discussed this is that when you manage to secure rights mm. you really really have to work hard to maintain them and um what I find really scary but I think we're going to we have another question on this um yeah. about the historical notes at the end is that they've got this um, this take on the events like it's something like 200 years later yeah. and this world seems to be turned upside down. Yeah. Like it seems that the totalitarian regime is not seen as badly as it was no. eventually. And while... I'm perfectly aware that history is written by the winners. Mm. I think it's one of the things that this novel made me really realize. Mm. Although I know it's fiction. Yeah. It's not yeah, a, yeah. A, a historical account, but you realize how in 200 years from the events that you experience yourself, uh, other people could maybe have a different take on the events just because they did not yeah. experience them yeah. and just because uh, the voices of those uh, of the victims were not recorded and so yeah. were not heard yeah I think like you and it made me realize how quickly things can change and how easily they can turn for the worst mm -hmm. and how quickly even if like you said it's a fictional work but it's so well written that sometimes you like feel like it could be real, but people accept it so easily without any yes. um, 
protest or anything. Yes, so yeah. I think that's the the power of, fic- of fiction as yeah. readers. We know that it's huge. Yeah. But the power of a masterpiece is really, really yeah big, and um, I know that by thinking about things, uh, reading philosophical articles or yeah. reflections you 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 know i mean mentally that yeah uh, you should be careful about democracy about rights yeah. and so on but then there are those books that make you realize yeah. things yeah because they work on your imagination yeah and they make uh, you think they make you reflect that's one of the i have different reasons for reading but that's one of the yes. reasons i want to be think i want to think of things i want to reflect yes. and that's definitely yes, one of because those books yeah a great book a masterpiece really makes you live vicariously through yeah. other characters' experiences. Yeah. And so sometimes you need experience of something to really yeah. understand things. Yeah. And although I haven't experienced any kind of um, mm. threat to my rights, yeah. now thanks to this novel, I know what it is to yeah. maybe lose these rights. Yeah. So thank you so much, Margaret Atwood. Yeah. So the last question we had was from um, the lovely account of what she read next. And she asked us, uh, the coda at the end of The Handmaid's Tale is one of my favorite ever literary device. What did you think of Ooh, it? Oh, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Um, it's so funny that your students missed it. Yeah. It finishes the book while also opening up. Yeah. Uh, because... There are things that we learn about Alfred, but then not that much. Yeah. We are left to think it's about... It's an open end without the historical Absolutely. notes. Absolutely. And um, there's so much uh, to, to think about from this yeah. uh, coda at the end. So I also think that it's what makes The Handmaid's Tale really outstanding in the whole lot of dystopian novels. Yeah. It's not, it's really original. Yeah. So I think that's it for today. That's it for today. If you haven't understand it from this podcast episode, please go. If you haven't read the book, please go and read it. It's so good. And I think it should be a must read for everyone. Absolutely. And I was able to read it, although I just can't stand blood or uh, two thrilling novels. So I think that, Many people can read it yeah. if I can. Right. Well, thank you for listening, guys. Yeah. And thanks for the questions. Yes. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening, guys. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. You can also reach us on Instagram for feedback. That would be much appreciated. And if you want to support us, why not sharing your stories? Bye.